Okay, all right. Um, Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, that you are God and God alone. God, we honor you and we bless you for what you have done and what you're planning on doing, God. So God, I, I lift you and I thank you for um, the people who are on and those who are about to come on, Father, and even those who um, couldn't make it, Father. I pray, oh God, that we will continue to learn more about you, Father, and that um, our capacities will continue to stretch and grow, Father. Um, I thank you, oh God, for your word that never fails, your word that is timeless, and your word that endures through all generations. So God, I lift you, and I honor you, and I give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, good morning again um, to everyone, and I pray that um, you all are doing well. So um, the past few weeks, we've been looking at the Gospels, and we finally kind of finished up the Gospels. We got through um, chapter, I mean, um, Matthew and Mark in class, and so the assignment was to do Luke and John, finish up Luke and John. So I pray that you all had the chance to um, read about Luke and John. And today we are going to hop right in um, to the book of Acts. Um, so um, let's go ahead and get started with that. Let's see here. Um, if you, um, okay, um, if you, um, need the notes, they are on the website and you're able to go ahead and down the, download the notes uh, for today. The, today's PowerPoint is on um, the website. Let's see here. Um, for those who do not have the link, I will go ahead and put the, uh, the link in the chat box so you're able to pull it up. Let's see here, chat. So this is for session five. Um, you guys can pull up the PowerPoint there and follow along if you like. Um, also, um, after the class, we will have a um, test that's available to those who want to take it. It will be available, it's available on the site as well. In order to receive um, credit for the test, you must be logged in to the website um, so it can pick up who took the test. Um, so that's an option, anybody. It doesn't have to be uh, level three. If you just wanna test to see where you are, um, that is an option as well. Um, if you don't want it to count for anything, just let me know. Uh, and it doesn't have to count for anything. So it's just a... Um, uh, it could just be an um, assessment to see where you are, okay? So um, make sure I made that announcement, the notes. All right, so let's just let's just go ahead and, and jump right in. Um, let's just go ahead and jump right into the class. So today, like I said, we, we are talking about Acts and um, it is about the new covenant proclaim. So lesson objectives at the end of this lesson, students will learn more about the authorship and date of Acts, become more familiar with the purpose and basic outline of Acts and learn about the summary of the book of Acts. Okay, so this is what we're going over today, okay? Let's go ahead and hop into the first one here. 
So the book of Acts, um, also known as the Acts of the Apostle and the Acts of the Holy Spirit, is the only historical record of the birth of the early days of the church. As the only book um, of history in the New Testament, the value of being sensitive to transitional nature of this book is paramount. So I've been mentioning the word transitional um, nature for the past few weeks, and now we're going to have an understanding of it. So from the time of Jesus' ministry, even until the end of Revelation, we must be mindful that the church is going through a transition. So the key word here in this um, in this uh, slide here is birth. So when when um, a child is being born, they don't stay a child. They continue to grow, and the things that they used to do, they don't do anymore because they're growing and they're um, learning about certain things. And so, as it is with the church, uh, we are looking at it at its infancy stage, and it's growing and it's putting things in place. Um, things that they used to do it begins to fall off. And as we continue to, to grow and as we continue to learn, um, we will understand what that means as far as um, some things begin to fade out. Um, there were some things that they, that they did because of the law. And, um, and so, and then eventually that will begin to fade out as well. And so, and um, when looking at the transitional nature, there are four things that you must keep in keep in mind when studying the New Testament. Um, here are some four the four transitional indicators here. So the first one is um, transitioning. Oops, sorry. Um, transitioning from old covenant to to new covenant. And that is from from law to grace. Okay, so we kind of we had kind of an understanding of of what that means. Now, does anybody remember the four phases of the new covenant that we talked about last week? What are the gospels? What what phase is that called? New Testament instituted. Yes, the new covenant institute. Yep, yep. And what about um, the book of Acts? What is that called? The new covenant proclaimed. Yes, the new covenant proclaimed. And what's after that one? When we look at the epistles. New covenant explained. Yes, new covenant explained. The last one is? New covenant fulfilled. New Covenant fulfilled, yes. So that is, these are the four um, phases of the New Covenant that we must keep in mind. Also, when looking at the New Testament, because the New Covenant is being rolled out in phases, okay? And so when we say um, instituted, to hook to what people uh, were the, was the um, New Covenant instituted? To what people? Jewish. Right, yes, for the Jews only, okay? Um, their standard of salvation is different. Does anybody remember um, why their standard of salvation is different? I think you said it already. From They were in under the law and the new covenant introduced them to grace. So what, what, what was their standard of salvation though? Oh, 
what what did they have to believe in? You mean when they became believers, mm-hmm. followers of the way? Mm-hmm. Well, that Christ was the Son of God. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's they had to believe, yes, that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. That was it. And so after his um, resurrection, what what was the, what's the standard now for salvation? That he's the son of God and that he's been raised from the dead. That's the key, the being raised from the dead, the finished work of Jesus Christ. The Jews didn't have to believe in the finished work as far as the resurrection from the dead because he was still alive. <laughs> so, so the standard for their salvation in the gospels was just to believe that he was the Messiah, but that's not enough for us. We have to believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, okay? All right, just throwing a quiz out there so to see that you all uh, <laughs> all remember this stuff. Uh, let's go to the next one, the next transitional indicator. The next indicator is that we have to remember that they are coming from Old Testament scriptures to no new written scriptures, meaning that, um, this, uh, they're coming from just having the Hebrew Old Testament scriptures, and now they're living in a time where they didn't have any scriptures to instruct them. And so revelation was very heavy. Inspiration was very heavy. Signs and miracles and dreams and trances and things of that sort was very heavy during the New Testament time because there was no new written scripture. The way that God communicated with them were through these avenues. And so that's why uh, we see a lot of phenomenons. We see heavily of miracles and things of that sort because that was the way that God was communicating uh, to the people of God, okay? And then once the written scriptures um, uh, were in place, a lot of the phenomenon began to fade off, okay? All right, the next indicator that we have to keep in mind, um, let's see here, oops, there we go. Um, God's focus to the Jews, God's focus on the Jews to the church as the people of God. So now we, um, before, before Israel were the people of God and now we're looking at the church as the people of God. And when you break down the church, um, for uh, the beginning of, of, the, of the church period, the church was consisted of the Jewish church. So it was technically still Jews, but now was the Jewish church. Those that believed in Jesus Christ, um, they became the nucleus, they became the remnant, um, and they begin to build from there. So in church, you got the Jewish church, and then you got the Gentile church. The Gentiles didn't come on on the scene until 15 years later after the institution of the church. Okay, so it was a it was a um, transitional. It was it was a progressive move um, to add the Gentiles into the church. Okay, they just didn't pop on the scene. It was it was a um, it was a progression adding them to uh, adding them to to the uh, to the church. All right, and the next one is presumption. That's, that's uh, something that's extremely uh, 
I think needs to be repeated around the world. Yeah. Uh, from the standpoint, I know me and Mar, me and Marquise is back reading in Genesis again, and we were talking about Abram's wealth, mm-hmm. and he had realized that Abraham wasn't. You know, we came to the conclusion like Abraham just wasn't randomly rich. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he accumulated this wealth. And sometimes I think when we read in the Bible, we looking at it from such a fairy tale standpoint that we just feel like, you know what I mean? Things just happening. And then when you get into it, you realize things grew and transitioned and accumulated over time. It wasn't like, okay, well, Jesus died on Monday. And on Tuesday, we had Gentiles, Jews, Americans. Right you know, inside it, like it took time, you know what I mean? So that's, that's good to hear. So we can remember like how real relevant that the, that the Bible still is. Yeah. 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 So, yep. That is, that is definitely key to understand because it will definitely help you um, interpret scripture um, correctly. Um, For instance, um, dealing with the, the last, not shoot, sorry, dealing with this last point here um, from, we have to remember from, uh, not Genesis, <laughs> from Acts uh, chapter two, verse seven, they were just in one location. They were in Jerusalem at that time. And then the when the killing of Stephen um, happened, then they began to disperse. Now they started spreading to Judea and Samaria and the other parts. It wasn't just an automatic thing that they just decided to, you go to Judea, then you go to Samaria, you go to Jerusalem. No, it was it was um, a progressional move that moved them um, to, to uh, the other cities, that geographical uh, mission that Jesus gave them. Um, and so that that's definitely something to keep in mind too. And another thing to keep in mind, um, I, I spoke on it, I think last week about the 40 year grace period. So the, the beginning of the church started in 30 AD and through, through um, the 40 years, they were transitioning out of the law. You still see them following the law to some degree. And God gave them um, a period of time to basically get that out your system. <laughs> and then by 70 AD, what happened in 70 AD? Destruction of the temple. That's right. The temple was destroyed. The temple was their way of life. The temple was their religion. So therefore it was a sign that that was the end of Judaism. Okay, when that occurred. All right, so that's something to definitely keep in mind as well. Um, Let's go to the next one. And the last one here is presumption of discipleship, meaning that when Jesus um, had his followers, um, they they knew um, they had a culture of discipleship, meaning that um, there were, if if you were a Jew, you were a part of some type of sect. Um, and in that set, you were, um, you were learning, you were, it was in a learning environment. And so the, um, the, uh, expectation is when you come to Jesus Christ is that you become a learner. And so they were automatically a learner. Whereas today we don't, we don't have that expectation of once you become saved, you become a learner. It's more of, you're just a believer 
and eventually you become a disciple. But to, for the Jews, it was all one. I'm, I'm a believe. I believe in Jesus Christ, so therefore I'm gonna start studying and be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So we have to remember that that also they they knew the Old Testament scriptures, whereas we don't. Uh, we we really don't really know scriptures the way that they did, and so that's something to keep in mind too. Uh, when looking at the the New Testament, okay. So, any questions or comments about these four indicators? Yeah. Well, now looking back at uh, just listening to something you were saying in terms of discipleship, uh-huh. um, and as I was been studying that out and looking and praying, and and but you know, I am reminded by the Holy Spirit. And I thank God that no matter where we are and have been in our trying to do what we thought was right. Even in our wrong, God will bless us and he was merciful because I think that even doing what we call the church, be it through denomination of Baptist, Methodist, whatever it was, that when they did and some are still doing their Bible study and we have what is called Bible study, that Bible study was an attempt, I think, to try to teach the um, people or the believers about the word of God, maybe not have, they may not have done it or knew, knew, knew enough about it historically. Uh, uh, but I think that Bible study, if you will, was at least an attempt to try to create, uh, to create a discipleship or a learning environment. Yeah, to an extent, yes, yes. I think once we begin to learn about church history and how even Bible study came to about, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we, we will learn um, that to an extent that's true, but um, another uh, side of it is that it was, it was for them to control what we learn. And so that's why when, when they do Bible study, it was a uh, fixed curriculum it was, you know, it was very limited or whatnot. You only did it once a week. Um, and so it was, it was, um, yeah, so it was an attempt to, to control what we learn. And so we're going we're gonna to learn about that, um, you know, when we um, finally take church history. Um, but learning about the truth just kind of shines the light on what we've been doing throughout, th- throughout these years um, it begins to start questioning like, okay, was God really in this thing or whatnot? And yes, we do have grace. God did grace us. But as far as what the leaders knew, they knew better. A lot of these leaders know better. And because of that, they have to be held accountable for that. And so thank God that God graced us. Um, but um, at the same time, we have to uh, continue to push on and continue to know for ourselves as well. So yeah, definitely. Yep, any other uh, comments? Cool beans. All right, let's, um, keep it, let's keep it moving here. So these four um, transitional indicators is something that we must keep in mind Um, when um, looking at the New Testament scriptures, okay? And we're going to put these things into practice so um, it it could um, become commonplace um, and uh, so that we could become more familiar uh, with these transitional indicators. And so the period of time that we are looking at here, hope you guys can see, yeah, you can see my mouse, um, is the apostolic period here. So this, go ahead. You got a hand up. It's been up for a while. Oh, I didn't see. It's, uh, it's Mary. I don't know okay. if it's a mistake or not, but it's been there for a while. 
I can't see my hand raises. Okay, go ahead, Mary. I'm sorry. Lord, she probably did by mistake. She can't even unmute herself. Your hand is raised. She's trying to figure it out. Hit your unmute button. We can't hear you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's the video button. Not the oh, let me see. I can't. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> uh, let me see here. I know there's a way for me to unmute the, the guest, but let's see. No, I can't do it. I thought I. I, I thought under participants. When you go under participants, you can unmute. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, Camilla. I had wanted to ask a question a long time ago. Um, I'm not used to this phone yet, so we'll handle that later. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Ask your question. Go ahead. Um, you made me forget what I was going to ask, but um, I think that I was going to say something about um the fact that when the you know, when we were being raised in these different churches uh, that um, isn't it that some of the ministers, all of them were not called. Some people just put themselves in positions for whatever reasons and then um, taught people, the people um, different ways uh, or different thoughts that they knew to teach because half of them didn't study either. Uh, so, you know, God has mercy on them too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. To an extent. Yeah. <laughs> Leadership. They got, yeah, yeah. Cause I think that's why we've learned so much because it becomes overwhelming thinking mm -hmm. that, you know, something and oh mm -hmm. my God, every time you read, you get a different, um, you know, it's, it's always something different in the word. Once you begin to start getting into the word and reading it more and more and more, like I yeah. can read one verse and I just get more, many different ways of learning it. Like, oh my God, but this is God that is beginning to teach me because I have that desire to be taught, uh, regardless to how I'm being taught by someone that's supposed to be, have rule over me. You understand what I'm saying? I, I hear you. Yep. I hear you. Yeah, and so as we begin to grow and, and, and learn, um, yeah, the Holy Spirit will continue to illuminate that word inside of us and to even allow, to allow us to know the things that we, we got wrong, um, mm -hmm. picked up from what we heard, you know, all, you know, throughout the years or whatnot. And so thanks be unto God for, for grace, but now we um, must continue to move on beyond just riding on grace and to to be to, to get to the point of learning the truth. So yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yep. Thank you. Good word. Good word. Yep. Thank you. All right. Um, anybody else? All right. Cool beans. All right. Let's continue on. So the um, period that we're looking at when we're looking at the book of Acts and um, even beyond to Revelation, it is this period here called the apostolic period, okay? So we looked at the gospel period. We even looked at the intertestamental period. And so now we are in the first <laughs> period of the, um, of the church period, which is called the apostolic period, okay? 
So let me give you a zoomed in. So this is a zoomed in of the period one here. And so um, as you see, there's some events that occurred um, throughout this time here. So let me explain this, this, red, this red or pink section here. This period um, here is from 30 to 45 AD. This is when the church was 99% Jewish, okay? For 15 years, they, they were um, Jewish, okay? Peter was um, doing a lot of um, missionary work and people were moving from Jerusalem and uh, Peter was doing work in Samaria and things of that sort. Um, and that the, because um, their belief system was if you are going to be a part of the church, then you must become a Jew. Okay, we talked, I think uh, Wayman talked about that last week um, in his sermon um, that, that Paul, he had to really deal with that at the Council of Jerusalem, but that was their belief system. They got it from Exodus. Whereas when they left Egypt, God, you know, uh, there were some unbelievers that went with them. And so God put things in place uh, for the unbeliever to be, to uh, become a part of the, um, of the um, Israelites. They had to become circumcised or become proselytes. And so they just thought, you know, we, that's the same thing when it comes to the church. If you want to be a part of the church, you must be circumcised. Um, but uh, Paul, he had a revelation from God. God told Paul, say, hey, you know, let them know that they don't have to go through circumcision in order to be a part of the church. The work was already done on the cross uh, for, for them to be a part of the church. And so that was the big, huge debate in Acts chapter, I believe it's chapter 15 at the Council of Jerusalem. Um, that was one of the big things that they were talking about, okay? All right, um, and then the, the blue section here is when Paul comes on the scene and he starts his missionary um, journey, um, you know, finding churches and things of that sort. And the, root, the reason why that Paul started his missionary journey was not just to start churches, he was actually um, raising offerings or raising funds to bring back to Jerusalem because they were experiencing persecution in the city. So he was released by the elders to do this mission. But as he went, he began to start churches and um, began to preach the gospel. OK, so that that's the key of the blue part there. That's how. Um, uh, Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles because Paul, he still um, had the Gentiles as being the primary people. When you read Paul's ministry, beginning of his ministry, he was still just going to Jews. It wasn't until they rejected his message that he began to go to the Gentiles. Okay. And so from, uh, from that period of time to about 62 uh six about 69 that's um because yeah, he he died in 67 so from from that point 67 that was his ministry and then from that point on here the green section this is when um a lot of um apostle john his writings begin to come on the play uh the book of hebrews so this is called the second century 
church over here, the second generation, I should say, second generation church starts over here. So the first generation is from 30 to 70, 40 years, because a generation is 40 years. So 30 to 70 AD. And then from after that is the second generation church. Okay. Any questions about this chart or comments? Good. I just thought that it was, it's just um, amazing to me that even then that the uh, father used a Jew to go and bring in the Gentiles. Yeah, 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 yep. His, his plan of salvation, it had to be the Jews first, yep, yep. And he used a remnant, a small number um to spread the gospel across the land yeah it's it's amazing and using jesus <laughs> as a jew <laughs> to 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 uh jump start the church you know so he's the head of the church and he still is running the church so yeah it's, it is amazing it's amazing and the, beautiful, and the beautiful thing about it for me is that um you know i look at there's no big i no little use no yeah. matter what happened in the, the redemption plan of God, be it started with the Jews and ended up with the Jews and Gentile, there's no neither Greek nor Jew nor bond nor free that we're all his. So it was always been in the heart of God for humanity to be redeemed back to him. Yes. Yep. It's always been in the heart of God. Yep. Like I said, in Exodus, he even had a plan for Gentiles to be a part of the Israelites. So they were ethnically Jews, but they were spiritually Jews. So he had a plan there. Remember, we talked about the temple, how there was a place for the Gentiles to come and learn about the word. It was always in God's plan to include the Gentiles. And now we're at the point of studying that it's permanent now. You ain't got to go through circumcision. The work is done. And so it is a blessing. It is a blessing. Yep. Anybody else? All righty. Okay. Let's continue on here. All right. Let's go to the authorship of Acts. So both internal and uh, both internal evidence uh, within Acts, within the Acts and the uh, external evidence of the church tradition declare Luke to be the author. Okay. Um, we read it. Um, and, and when we did the gospels, we looked at Luke, his very first few verses in his letter, few sentences in his letter. He, um, tells that who he was writing to, um, a lot of witnesses, um, from like the early church fathers, they, um, basically second saying like, yeah, Luke wrote this letter here. Okay. So unlike, unlike the gospels, the book of Acts has compelling internal evidence of the companion of Paul's authorship. This is seen in the we section of Acts. Um, so let's look in our books real quick. Let's, um, uh, on page 138, um, in your book under authorship, yep, under authorship, paragraph two, it says the book of Acts itself contains evidence that Luke was the author. It is clear that the author was a companion of the Apostle Paul. This is seen in the we section of Acts. Um, in these those sections, the author uses the first personal uh, plural 
um, indicating that he was with the Apostle Paul and was a participant in the events being recorded. Okay, so the belief is that um, during Paul's um, second missionary journey, um, Luke joined Paul. And so here's here's um, Paul right here in Antioch about to head off his to his second missionary journey. He goes through Derby and Iconium and things of that sort, and he meets Luke and Troas over here and took Luke with him to Macedonia, to, to um, the, the, the Philippi and Thessalonica and Corinth and all that stuff. So they believe that this is where Luke joined Paul on his missionary journey. That's why from, I think, chap maybe chapters like uh, 13, 14, and 15, um, Luke is writing um, from another viewpoint. He's saying they did this and this happened or whatever. But then we see the, the shift of voice happen in chapter 16, where he's now saying, we did this. We went here. We did that. So, um, so that's, that's, the, um, that's the theory that um, Luke joined Paul right here in Troas here. Okay. Um, let's see here. Let's go back to the book on the what paragraph is this the third paragraph that says the we section of acts are uniform in style and language with the rest of acts uh, which indicates that one individual luke wrote the entire book um if it's conclude if it is concluded that luke wrote the third gospel then we must conclude that he wrote acts as well both books were addressed to theophilus the late the latter refers to the former um, the former treaties and the terminology and style of the two works are similar. Okay, so that is um, the evidence that they have that that Luke wrote uh, the Gospel Luke and the Book of Acts because of the fact that he addresses both letters to Theophilus. And the theory is that Theophilus was an actual person that funded. Um, uh, Luke's uh, missionary journey to get this orderly account, but some scholars believe that Theophilus was not a person uh, because they said that Theophilus is not a former, is not a formal uh, name for the for a Greek. And so, uh, when you translate Theophilus, it means lovers of God or God lovers. Um, and so they think that he was writing to a mass group of people. Um, rather than just one person. But the fact that he dresses it most excellent kind of makes us think that he just wrote it to one person, okay? So that, that's just the um, what scholars, you know, came up with and all that stuff, okay? All right, let's go here, place and date. So knowing um, the place and date of where and when the book of Acts was written um, is a whole different story. Uh, while the evidence is still most, mostly internal, it is nevertheless much weaker. Since we are relatively familiar with Paul, I mean, with Luke's whereabouts from the time he joined Paul, and given the context of the closing of the book, we can safely infer that the book was written shortly after Apostles Paul, uh, Apostle Paul imprisonment. Okay, so if you go um, in your book on excuse me, on page 155, there is a chart um, in your book that kind of looks like this here. 
I believe is on page 155. Um, I have electronic, it's 145, but I think it's 155 in you all's book. Um, and so uh, what, what this chart is, it lines up the chapters in Acts with Paul's um, events that happened in his life. And also uh, it gives you the background information on the churches that he found and some of the churches that he did not find, but he wrote to. So Acts is going to be your anchor when it comes to finding background information on the churches that he found um, and the churches that he interacted with, okay? Um, so if you wanna know the background situation about Thessalonica, you will go to Acts chapter 15. And if you wanna learn about the situation that happened in Corinth, you go to Acts chapter 18. And also how he even, um, cause he didn't find the Roman church but he did write to the Roman church, giving them positive commendations. And so you'll find that situation in between 18 to 21, okay? So this is a really um, good chart to you know, keep in mind, just in case you are doing a study of the epistles and you wanna know the background information, boom, here you go, right there, okay? All right, any questions about that or any comments? All right, cool beans. All right, this next chart here is more of a clean version or uh, yeah, more of a clean version. It gives you the, the dates um, on which the church was found and it gives you um, the year and the, uh, at, around about the month that it was found. And um, it, it shows you when he was in prison and um, he, when he was uh, dealing, dealing with his trials and then he was uh, released and things of that sort. And so this chart here is available as well, okay, to help you out. All right, cool beans. All right, um, if there aren't any questions, we'll hop into the next section here. Um, this class, well, yeah, this class might be a two-part class depending on how much we get done here. Um, so before we hop into this part though, I want to hear from you all. What did you think? I'm sorry, go ahead. You may have a question. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm unmuted by mistake. Okay, okay. Um, I wanted to hear from you all. Um, what did you think the book of Acts was about? Before reading in the book and all this stuff, the framework, all this stuff I just gave, what did you think the book of Acts was about? The activities of the apostles. <laughs> okay, activities of the apostles. Anybody else? The start of the new church. Okay. Anybody else? And, and the continuation of Christ's ministry. Okay, good. Earth. Yeah. Yeah, the spreading of the gospel message. Okay, good. Anybody else? Okay, all right, all right. That's some good, some good answers. I thought I was going to hear a certain answer, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait on that one. Uh, I'll show you all <laughs> in the book where I'm about to really fuss about in the book. Um, uh, Mary, did you unmute? Um, you wanted, you wanted to say something. Okay, all right, cool. 
All right. Um, and so let's go ahead and look at the basic outline of the book of Acts. OK, so the book of Acts, since it is widely accepted to be the second volume of a two part writing of Luke, it is clearly written for the express purpose to give an accurate and orderly account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. OK, so Luke, uh, that was one of the one of the primary reasons. Um, so Luke apparently had a number of reasons for writing Acts. Um, and considering the purpose of Acts, it is absolutely necessary to review uh, to review Luke's stated purpose in in Luke chapter one verses one. Okay, so if you go in your book under um, the purpose of Acts and go to okay, yeah, because I read the the top paragraph, the first sentence there in the first paragraph. I want you to go to the second paragraph here, and it says in volume one, Luke. Uh, related to Theophilus, the words and the works of Jesus Christ. In the volume two, he told the story of the words and the works of Christ that were done through his apostles, okay? So that's what, um, as Eva said, the works through the apostles, okay? Good. Acts um, is a record of the apostles' witness to the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and so that was the first, kind of the first purpose um, of, of Luke, okay? Um, the first 30 years of the church are chronicled as Luke recorded the spread of the gospel of Christ from Jerusalem to Rome. Notice that the author uses the word Christianity, but, uh, but Luke did not use Christianity in his writings at all, okay? Uh, so that's something that we must um, keep in mind. I thought someone was going to say the beginning of Christian <laughs> Christianity. Um, and because the author says this is the beginning of Christianity, but we're going to build a case um, to show that this was not the beginning of Christianity here. Okay. The second purpose, um, anybody, let's see, unmuted. You guys yes, want to say? I have, a, I have a question about that. Um, sure. Didn't it say somewhere in the book of Acts that um, at Antioch, that was the first time believers of the way were called Christians? Yes, yes. Yes, I'm going to hop into that. Yep, I'm going to okay. hop in to explain why it was said, okay, and how a lot of people, a lot of scholars twisted it to show that that was the beginning of Christianity, and it was not. Um, so um, the second purpose um, in writing was to give a written def uh, defense, like he said, for Christianity, but it was not. And so, um, so when you look at um, the book of Luke, the Luke, uh, book of Luke shows um, Jesus' earthly rule um, of, on, of his ministry, his earthly ministry, um, while Acts shows his rule from the throne, so rule from heaven. And so he is um, giving the assignment, he gave the assignment to the dis disciples and while he is in heaven, he is orchestrating and uh, superintending everything that is going on because he is the head of the church. Okay. Um, let's go here. So we're going to, right now, we're going to um, talk about this strategy of scholars and to persuade others that we have found hurtful and harmful to the household of faith. Okay. So um, basically when it comes to the word um, Christian, you, you will not find the word Christianity in scriptures at all. So if you do a search on Christianity, 
you will not find it in scripture, but you will find the word Christian three times in scripture. And the three times that it was mentioned in scripture, they all had a negative, uh, negative denotation uh, with that. It was nothing positive with the word Christian. Actually, the word Christian uh, was used even before Christ was born. During, remember when I when I talked taught about the um, the heightened sense of the Messiah coming. Remember, um, Israel was in captivity under four nations: Babylon, Persia, Greek, Greece, and Rome. So now they were under Rome, and so they figure, okay, now the Messiah is about to come. And so all of a sudden, all these messiahs begin to pop up on the screen. And what's another word for Messiah is Christ or the anointed one. And so, um, and so the, um, the Israel, they were not the only one that was looking for this big savior to come. There were other nations like Rome, they were looking for this military leader as well to come. Um, so that's why they had Herod in place because Herod thought that he was the Messiah. <laughs> and so those who followed Herod um, was called Herodians. So those who were following after all these Christ popping up on the scene, there were at least 20 of them. Josephus records in his, um, in his uh, works that there were over 20 messiahs popping up on the screen. And so they had their own following. They were doing signs and miracles and things of that sort. And they were, they were from the lineage of David, okay? They were checking off and people, people were following them. And outsiders was looking at them and teasing them and calling them Christians, like Herodians, Christians, these crazy folks following this Messiah. And scripture talks about a few of these messiahs that claim that claim to be Messiah. If you go to Acts chapter five, when they were talking about Thetis and how he had this following, but he was killed. Thetis thought that he was a Messiah. They even thought um, John the Baptist was um, a Messiah. And um, let me find that scripture because I'm jumping out of my notes. In John chapter one, verse 19, he had to tell them like, look, because they asked him saying, well, who are you? And John the Baptist had to say, I am not the Christ. So they thought John the Baptist was the Christ because he had this following um, people were going out to him. Remember, he was in the wilderness, hanging out with the Essenes, and he was baptizing people, preparing them for the, the coming of the kingdom, preparing the way. And so they thought that he was the Messiah. And so this word existed before Jesus' time to those who were following these messiahs. So think about it. Jesus comes on the scene. And they thinking that, oh, here, here's another Messiah. He checks off the list. He's a lineage of David. He does these miracles and all this stuff. But Jesus checks more off the list, off actually the whole list, um, than, than the other Messiahs except for one. 
they thought that Jesus was going to uh, physically take over their land, meaning that they were going to take the land back from Rome. And that's what they were looking for. But since Jesus didn't do that, they counted him out. Many counted him out. So it was only a remnant of Jews that really believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Okay. And so when you look at, um, let me see here in my notes here, when you look at the three times that, um, let me see here. Okay. Before I hop into the three times, let me, let me explain this part here. Cause I done jumped my notes. So when you're okay, since our program is built on a lot of scholars work, we're going to be looking at various books and things of that sort. Um, they all have different viewpoints on when uh, Christianity started. Okay. There's one viewpoint that believe that church and Christianity are the same and it started when Jesus was born. Okay, this is view one right here. View two, they believe church and Christianity are the same and it started at the day of Pentecost right here, 30 at 30 AD. View number three is, is that the church started, but Christianity, church and Christianity started at Acts 11 when they was first called Christians at Antioch. This is view number three. So they believe the church started, but Christianity didn't start until they were called Christians right here. And view number four is that the church started in 30 AD and it's separate and church is separate from Christianity and Christianity started 312 AD by Constantine. <laughs> so there are many viewpoints on when Christianity start. Is church and Christianity the same thing? And as we begin to grow, as we begin to expand our capacity, we're going to have answers to these things. Any questions so far before I continue or comments? I mean, it's clear that something is going on in between. Something there. is going <laughs> I mean, we look at it in our own world today. You know, if we just looking at our little geographical location, like you can tell that there is a different in those who are rah, rah, rah Christianity and those who are rah, rah, rah God's church. Like you can tell there is a, a fine line in between the two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Eva, you have something? All I can say is teach teacher. <laughs> There's your first quicken for the day, mother, just so you know, I was watching. <laughs> but, but to uh, go back on Wayman's comment, I think nowadays, since all this uproar with Trump and all that stuff and the evangelicals backing them up, people know that there's something wrong with Christianity, even yeah. though it's church, but they just can't put their finger on it because they've been taught all their lives that they were a Christian. Even I, I was taught that I was a Christian, but I had no idea why. I just thought Christianity was going to a church and hanging out and all that stuff, learning about God, blah, blah, blah. But I had no idea the, behind, the, the, the historical implications on Christianity, okay? Um, and so when we begin to study more, 
you will realize that view number four is the view that you might want to do some more research on, even though I suggest you research all the views so you can have an understanding of how everybody thinks. But view number four is probably the one that's recorded clearly in history. Everything else is more of an assumption because you don't see the word Christianity because as detailed Luke is, you would think that he will write, this is the start of Christianity. But he wrote this um, in, in Acts chapter 11. Let me go there. No, I'm trying to stay in my notes and I keep hopping around. So Acts, uh, Acts let me just go there. Shucks. Um, okay, no, I don't want to. Let me, let, me, let me stay in order. Let me stay in order because I got to build, build you guys up. No, man, we excited and ready to go. Make it up. <laughs> I just got, I got to stay on a track so I can build y'all up because I realized I was skipping mad slides and get to that one point. So no, 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 no. Let me, let me stay on say that. Say that fourth view again. That fourth view, say that again. What view was that? View four is that the church started on the day of Pentecost and it is separate from Christianity. Christianity started at 312 AD by Constantine. You see it is separate because here they got church and Christianity the same, this red line here. But so this green view, line view two or view, so view four is a major continuation of view two. No, view two is saying that church and Christianity are the same. And it's they have got you. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so view Whereas four, four is saying church is separate. Church is different from Christianity. Right. And it's so the church started at Pentecost and and wait, and I need to see, I'm putting them together in my how I'm typing it. There we go. Okay. okay. So God is coming back for his church. Hello. <laughs> he ain't coming back for Christians. <laughs> oh, that is that is Tammy. Tammy, don't be starting no fires. That's that's the key. That's key right there. He's coming back for his church that he created 30 AD. He's not coming back for Christianity. He's not coming back for Christians. My God. And, and we say it all the time. It just, we don't think about it. We say know, it all the time. Yeah. Um, but as we continue in this journey, we're going to learn the difference. Okay. And just for clarity for those on here, when mm -hmm. we say that he's coming back for the church, he's not coming back for a building, right? He's not coming back for the church down the street. Okay. That's right. He's not coming back not for a building. Yeah. We are the church. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ and you, you are saved and you were justified before the foundations of the world, you are the church. E -B 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 -B. Yes, Lord. <laughs> you are the church. That's your third quick and relax. <laughs> and isn't that why? They say that it is in your heart. What do you mean? Say that. That you have to have the word in your heart because everybody that say they Christian or I mean are the part of the church that he's coming back for is not always. Um, okay, I, I you know a um, part we, of the church. Say that, I'm sorry. Someone said something. Before I said they're it. not always a part of the church. That was the end of my conversation. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So this is why I've been emphasizing on 
we have to know what gospel to believe in. Right. Because the Christians, they believe, they believe that uh, the church started when Jesus was on the scene. They believe that it started in his birth. They believe, look, let me tell you, let me tell you. When, when, um, okay, Wayman said something a few weeks ago in his Bible study. He said, he probably don't remember this, but I remember <laughs> that he said, uh, I wish I could see a survey of those who study the Bible or who, or something like that, who really uh, read the Bible or something like that. Someone, someone along those words. And I thought there's a website out there that did a survey on Christians to see if they actually study their Bible and believe in God. Do you know? I remember. And you say you don't remember? I remember because I was running. I do. I, do. I, I was running broadcast. I remember and I popped my head up. Um, <laughs> and um, do you know in this survey that only 23% of Christians believe in God? That's crazy. Crazy. Now, wait, I thought uh -oh. Christianity, Christianity. Was, I, that's what we say. Jesus started it. That's what we you, say. You're saying that 23% of Christians believe in God? 23%. I'm being Tracy today. 23%. <laughs> Come on here. <laughs> I think it looks like when they when when that when that theory, if you will, or that became uh, uh, prerequisite. I think that many people took that from where Jesus asked, who the man say that I am and went on to step on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Maybe, uh, go ahead, Eldon, explain that. <laughs> this is you always start starting stuff. I ain't even on that road. <laughs> but yes, they, they take, they take that scripture and they say, okay, this is when Jesus started the church. Because this is when he mentions the church or whatnot. But it's not. He's just, he's speaking futuristically. Upon this rock, I will build. I will is future tense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when you look at more, I, I'll send you all the link. Um, uh, it's like 30, like 30% 30 read the Bible once a week. Whereas some pick up the Bible just once a year, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's really it's a really good survey. Um, it's taken um, I think every year, and so yeah, it's insane. So that when I do the research like that, it really persuade it it strengthens my argument, and it really persuades me that Christianity is totally different from the church. Okay. Let me go. Here's 10:32. Let me let me. <laughs> I knew I wasn't gonna get finished with this in one one uh, session. So when Jesus was on the scene, they thought that he was starting a new religion, but he had to let them know. He said, "No, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law until heaven and earth pass away. The smallest letter or stroke of letter shall pass from the law until all is accomplished." He wasn't trying to start a religion. God already had a religion in place it was Judaism and people I'm telling you when you read scholars work they believe that Jesus was a Christian 
if I think it was the last book that we read, the four, they used the term Jewish Christian. And I was like, what in the world? Like a Jewish Christian? Okay. They love to um, tack on Christians or something. They Boy, love to tack on American Christians, something else. Yeah, American Christians. <laughs> American Christians. They want to tack on because they think they own that word. I promise you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you when you really do a study on the word Christian and things of that sort, you you'll be surprised. So let me do this one. Okay, let's do this slide and then I'll finish the rest um, next week. But the use of the word Christian acts. But this class, I found it beneficial to set before you a biblical analysis as related to the word Christian. There is no such word found in the Bible as Christianity, I should say. When you reach the, research the etymology of the word Christianity, you will find that it was first used in the original around the 13th century. Early usages of the word Christendom goes back as far as the ninth century. So why do commentators insert the word when discussing the first century? Okay, let me answer, let me answer Sam's question because I saw his question pop up because I knew it was gonna come up. So let me just go ahead and answer it, okay? Um, here, here it is in this slide here. So um, the definition of Christian, if you go to Bible study tools and use their dictionary, you will find, this is where I just copied and pasted from here, okay? It says the name given by Greeks and Romans. Uh, so the word Christian was given by unbelievers. This, they were teasing and taunting them, probably, probably in reproach <laughs> to the followers of Jesus Christ. It was first used in Antioch. That's what Tracy brought up. The names by which the disciples were known among themselves were brethren, the faithful, elect, saints, or believers. So if we're not called Christians, then what word did Jesus use to call his followers? Disciples. Disciples. We are and, just and it's crazy part, it, it's crazy to hear because we don't got so quote unquote spiritual that all those words that you just named, the old church used. Yeah. <laughs> they used them. Like they, and we don't got so far beyond trying to run from the old church, quote unquote, that we have taken those names, then we ain't got to be called that. And it's like, but that's, that's one thing that we can find. And I'm like, wait, we've been using those titles already. Yep, yep. Uh, Sharon, Sharon had a question. Go ahead. So every, I have to tell you, every time I take this class, it questions everything that I've been learning since um, being in children's church at Grady Emanuel, that I was always taught that Christians means Christ-like, like this, <laughs> this is what we are called. And it just, I, I promise, it makes me question everything I've learned since the beginning. Like, I don't know. It it, it will. Once yeah. you start learning the truth, you, you have to analyze what in the world have I been learning um, all my life. But I want to encourage those who's like, this is a, this is a shock factor that uh, I want to encourage those that you have, because this is, this is how I felt when I found all this stuff out. I found out I wasted my, I wasted time. <laughs> I was just like, okay, all my life I've been taught this. And now I'm in my 30s and I'm learning, I'm learning about this and I feel like I, I lost time. But oh, don't be discouraged in this and that God, he, his, he has a perfect plan. <laughs> he knew that we were going to have this class and he knew that 
you all were going to come into realization about this thing. So I want for y'all to be encouraged um, and not feel like now I gotta, um, now I don't, I don't know what, what to believe in. So thank God that we have these small sessions here so we can walk with you all through these sessions here uh, for, uh, so that everybody can understand the truth. And thanks be unto God, we have the Holy Spirit that is now, since we, we, were, we are obtaining this information, he has something now to keep pushing you towards. Now this should ignite your hunger to learn more. This After this, y'all shouldn't have to wait till next week to go look up this stuff. I've given you the slides. You, you got the scriptures. I encourage you to go read and, and uh, read it for yourselves. And if you have questions or anything of that, of that sort, you can always reach out to me. You can reach out to Wayman. You can reach out any of the elders. The elders probably like, nah, I'll reach to Camille. But just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just reach to, you know, reach out and we're, we're, we're in this together. We're walking through this together. Okay. Um, I see Tracy's unmuted and Eva, did you, did you guys had something to say? Yeah. I just want to, it's yeah. like um, I was just going to say that um, to a Muslim, because I, well, I won't say, I won't try to generalize, but I have heard Muslims refer to everybody who's not a Muslim as Christian. They say Muslims versus Christians, mm -hmm. or they refer to all of America as Christian. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why I was making that point. At some point that was relevant, what <laughs> I just said, but. <laughs> well, well, think <laughs> Have about you heard that before. <laughs> say it again. Have you heard that usage before? Like, Everybody who's not a Muslim is a Christian. Um, no, I haven't heard that. Um, I wonder if Jamal's on. Is Jamal on? Doesn't look like it. Um, I always ask him. Tracy is talking about these Americanized folks. See, that's the, <laughs> I'm serious. I, it is so, and, and when I talk to, you know, people who, uh, who are like, what I'd like to say, like, they're they're like real Muslims and stuff, and you know they're they're like they are a part of this descent. A lot of them will tell you like we don't even like this Americanized version of a lot of stuff. Like they don't, you know. So a lot of this stuff is it's some Americanized stuff that I think is insane. Yeah, because when you when you really look at it, um, the way that America or the Western civilization does. Christianity, quote unquote, or church is totally different from how uh, Europe does. Europe doesn't. And it is different from the Eastern culture does it. It's totally different. When we got here to America, it's like, they call it almost a water, it's watered down, it's, it's terrible or whatnot. So yeah, so it's, yeah, it's what the America, you know, did or whatever. Eva, did you have something? Yeah, I just want to just reiterate what you were saying. I thought it was very, very important um, because when we, we have to be careful 
of the commentaries we read. We have to be careful of the various dogma and doctrine and books and everything that is out there because yeah. everyone is going to put a different spin on it. And I think even through uh, time, you know, even when we was young, I'll just take me when I was young coming through as a little girl, you know, you lean and trust what people tell you because you did not know any better. And back then having the information, you couldn't get to a lot of the, for instance, the New Living Translation, the Amplified Version and things of that. You had one version that was the King James, even though some of the leaders may was that could get to uh, various other um, literature or whatever out there to help break it down. But the, uh, I guess what I really want all of us to take away is that because for instance, they got Christ Christology, you have so many studies and things out there. So you're going to need the Holy Spirit regardless of yeah. what, who, what book anybody write. And, and even with our class, you know, this is, she's mm -hmm. guiding us in the right way. You can only give us to the degree and the limit that you have. And even right. to that degree of limit, we still have to go after more for ourselves and even weigh what is being said here uh, with the Holy Spirit and studying for yourself. But we have to be careful of yeah. what's out there because there's a lot of information out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I could just easily just not brought this up and just went on or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, so definitely keep studying. Keep keep going. Um, keep asking questions. I ain't never seen this chat box so lit. Let me see here. Hold on. Let me go here. Um, oh, yes. Lala, she had that question of... Um, different versions of the Bible. Oh, we're going to have um, coming up soon here, introduction to the Bible. I'm gonna run that class again, um, talking about the various versions of the Bible um, and how they even came um, and how they even came up on, on the scene and things of that sort. Um, basically at the end of the day, I'll give you a short answer. The end of the day is really with preference. Um, there's a chart that I, uh, that I use that shows the difference between each version that is out there. Um, some are translated um, from the original Greek. They use word, word from word. Some use phrase upon phrase and some use thought upon thought. And so it really depends on how accurate you want your, translate, your, um, your Bible to be. And so there, are, like I said, um, there are some um, Bibles that translate word from word, um, like the N NASB, New American Standard, King James translated word from word from the Greek. But there is no Bible out there that translates from the original original. And that's when we really need the Holy Spirit <laughs> to really guide us through these things. Because we'll look at the scripture and it uses the word pastor but in the original, there's no such word as pastor. The word is shepherd. And it's a plural word. It's never a singular word. Like we changed it to a pastor runs a church. They don't run churches at all. And there's no such thing as a pastor. <laughs> and but when we read New Living and all these other translations, they they done put the word pastor in there and you know all that craziness. So yeah, this is why we need the Holy Spirit, and this is why we need some good teachers to teach this stuff. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So yeah, yeah we'll, go ahead. And I want to say uh, 
Two, one of the things that if you guys have been noticing whenever we're teaching, preaching, praying, you know, from the elders to the deacons, whoever, um, you all will notice that we have taken a united front on this whole Christian or Christianity stance. Um, uh, because I, I remember with some class a year or so ago where we attacked this again and it was, it was just crazy. And it was like, if you always notice, if you guys hear any of us up, we are literally going to uh, respond or call each other or call the people, the saints, the followers of the way is the one we love. We love that one. You know, we use that one all day, every day. That's our go-to right there. You know, the followers of Christ, and you guys are going to hear this. So now when you hear this stuff and you you realize, like, we aren't just being weird. We aren't just being deep. We aren't coming up with something that's new. We just took a stance on the thing, and we, we're projecting it. And so it's good that some of y'all are hearing this again or for the first time, because when we say it, you will really respond to it now. Yeah, yep. Definitely, definitely. And I think it's important to remember Christians have done some really bad things throughout history. Woo! They still doing it. We have the Holy Spirit and, yeah, everybody and has to be it. God's disciple, we have to show love. And a lot of that stuff would never have happened. So yeah, we'd be careful with disciples because disciples are doing bad stuff too. No. And the disciples I of Christ. <laughs> yeah, but they're not supposed to as well. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. yeah. They're not supposed to, but we have to be careful that we doesn't say because someone called themselves a disciple that they have it all together. No, right. I, don't, I don't think that's, I think what she, I think what she's saying, I don't think she's saying that disciples of Christ got it all together. I think what Elder Tammy's point was in history, Christians have almost destroyed the world and destroyed a view of God. That's a big difference than, you know, a disciple of Christ not having it together. And then you watch how the Christians and their leaders have completely just disregarded God, disregarded his people all for their own agenda, for money and power. And I think that's and what use his word to yeah, manipulate and control people. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's good. That's good. All right. Um, I won't prolong. It's uh, almost 1050. And uh, I'm gonna put out that fire that Tammy tried to start. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna hop on it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, definitely keep reading. We're going to finish up the, the book of Acts. Um, we're going to actually go through these scriptures here, um, the Acts 11 and 26 and First Peter and talk about it a little bit more so we can have some understanding um of it um and so um anytime you have questions or anything like that just reach out to us and we'll we'll try our best to, to help you all okay so let's pray out uh, father god we thank you for this day thank you for your life thank you for um our lives god thank you for um keeping us um god as we are coming into um the truth and, to, and the knowledge the knowledge of things i pray that we will continue to be encouraged and continue to lift one each um lift each other up, God. I thank you, oh God, um, 
that all is not lost, God, that we have the ability to, to know the truth, Father. And this, God, coming into truth just um, uh, encourages me to become a better disciple, God, um, a better follower of you, God, and a, um, a person who follows the word closely, God. I thank you, God, that this is available to us and that we're able to uplift and encourage one another. Um, so God, I lift you up and I bless you. Um, I give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. All right, you guys have a good day and I'll talk to you all later. God bless you guys. Thank you guys.